This is Nolan, your GBQ editor. If David is our game master, I am our ear master. Anyway, I wanted to take some time to give some channel updates. We at Final Plank are coming to the end of what we're considering Season 1 for all of our shows. We will be taking some time off to record and edit the beginnings of Season 2. However, we did not want to leave you all high and dry, so we have been working on some shorter content with each of our characters to let you in on what to expect for Season 2. If this isn't enough, well, I have even more good news for you. If you just can't get enough of our voices, check out FinalPlank.com to listen to all of our other podcasts, including After the Plot and Versus And. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. Also, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Final Plank. We still have the season finale of Good Better Quest coming up, but we wanted to share this first prequel story with you to build excitement for what's coming. So, without any further ado our first prequel story for Season 2, Siggy and Her Terrible Discovery. So, you have just finished your adventure, and you are going to sleep for the first solid rest you've had in a bit. Yeah, okay. And you pass out, and then suddenly the smell of oil and ash and metal fills your nostrils and you kind of stir awake and you find yourself on a cot near a small fireplace and as your eyes adjust to the darkness you see a familiar form leaning over a workbench I'm guessing this is not the bed that I put myself to bed in it's not. Okay. And and as you stir, this form stops working. He he kind of turns to you and he says, well, "Hello, Siggy. It's been a while, hasn't it?" "Yes. Um yes, it has. Who who are you?" He kind of gives kind of a low raspy laugh <laughs> and and when it turns into a cough, out of his back stretches four long brass arms. And they lift him up from his chair and he turns to you and you recognize him as Gond. Your... Oh, God. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a pale gnome with a gray beard and uh, a bald head. He's wearing a a leather apron, leather gloves, and, and thick leather boots, all of them very worn. He's got a pair of goggles over his eyes with a bunch of different lenses that he can, you know, change to magnify or switch for arc welding or, or things like that. Each of those four arms is in, encrusted with gems, and he he moves himself forward, kind of kind of imagine a kind Doc Ock. You know, he he moves himself forward and and uh, 
pulls a, a chair nearby and, and sits on it, and he says, You've been trying real hard to get that knowledge, ain't you? Siggy props herself up and looks at him, and she wants to get really angry because she went through all the trouble of selling her soul to to gain the knowledge that she thought Gond was going to give her. But I think having a face-to-face with her chosen deity is, is putting that into pers- putting her anger into perspective. It's not just lost now, it is a journey. Yeah. And she says, I have been trying so hard and I haven't been fitting in because I've been looking for knowledge more than I've been looking for friends. You see two of his arms kind of stretch real long behind him uh, and they grab a, a tea set and he uh, he starts to kind of make tea in front of you, never breaking eye contact with you as these arms kind of all do their own thing. And he says, uh, You know, you sold your soul to gain knowledge. And I understand you may have had a different understanding of how you gained that knowledge. I ain't just giving it to you. I'm giving you incentive to earn it. So I could have just gone to college on my own and gotten this knowledge without having to sell my soul anyway? No, you would have... You would have learned a thing or two in college. But you wouldn't have been as great as I know you're destined to be. He takes off one of his gloves of his actual hand and you see that underneath it there's this almost cage of of brass rods around his forearm that all connect at this metal hand he looks at it and he says you're looking for knowledge everywhere you can find it you need to be looking in the schools of constructs and augmentations. Siggy starts feeling around her bed to find her journal to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) He actually holds out his hand for your hand. She grasps it. He cups your hand in his and he says, I do this out of love and I know You'll do great things. And you feel this burning on your hand, like like someone has taken a cigar and started putting it out in your palm. And you wake up. You you really wake up in your bed. And on your hand you see a black spot. And from it, extend, almost like in your veins, some light black lines. Uh, I think Siggy is going to take her pillow and throw it across the room to whoever it hits first. 
I'm sure it doesn't wake anybody up. She is a gnome, so her pillow is very small. But in the back of her mind, or out loud, I mean, you know, something that's not loud enough to wake somebody up, she's going to go, all right, did I just fight club myself, or did I actually see Gond? Was that... I don't have any soap around me, so I'm going to guess that this is <laughs> As As you think this, like you, I, I think maybe you, you probably touch this mark, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, she's, she's poking at it. Oh, it, it hurts. Like to touch it hurts. And, and as you're looking at it, you, you know, you're, you're thinking about what he said with constructs and augmentation. Is there anybody that comes to mind when you think of that? Evilo, for sure. Professor Evilo. I mean, I know he does artificing with me, but I'm sure he would be the most knowledgeable in constructs and the other thing. <laughs> Augmentation. Augmentation. Augmentation, for sure, because that's that's pretty much what artificing is, is, is magical augmentation. Yeah. So yeah, no. What, what? How? How early is it? It's it's the middle of the night. Like you guys, she gets you up. Guys, and, she, yeah, yeah. No, I mean like it, it's more like how I'm sure he'll understand, but Siggy's trying to figure out how urgent she needs to make this when she gets to his his quarters <laughs> because yeah. it is very rude and she understands that. <laughs> so wait, so you you head his way? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. Okay. She, I, I think she, she puts her chucks on. She makes sure that she has her nightgown, and she goes to Avilo's quarters. You get there, and uh, his office light is actually like his his office is attached to his quarters. I think maybe it's it's just below his his quarters. Sure. When you reach it, actually, you see a light under the door, and the door is closed. If it's unlocked, she goes right in. She just says, oh, thank God. I have so many questions for you, Vilo. Please be awake. Do you, does she say that out loud? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, she's 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 got the handle. She's trying to open the door. She's saying it in hopes that this motivates him to invite her further in than she already is. <laughs> the the door opens. It, it was unlocked. And staring at you, shocked, is... Professor Ned Dragovilo and the high elf arcana teacher Maria Baltana. Oh, cool. Oh, cool, cool, cool. You both would know about this. Uh, Siggy just holds her big black marked hand <laughs> probably in uh, Nadia's face. Just, just holds it up to her like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, please. She looks at it and she says, this this may be a bit out of my my wheelhouse it certainly looks magic um I, where did you get this N- Nettie, come take a look at this Nettie? and where whereas he was staring at a book he he now kind of perks up and he says oh yes miss widgets when did you get in here well okay uh, um we'll we'll answer that but first Nettie? She, Maria laughs and she says, I've known Nettie for a long time. Oh, oh, that's not going anywhere. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So she, she goes over to Professor Evilo and just the same thing, just puts her hand as close to his face as she thinks his vision impairment can handle. (laughs) Yeah. He looks at it and, and his face goes 
white. He says to Madia, um, Madia, you need to leave. And she is, is kind of taken aback, but she, she nods and she says, shall I lock the door behind me? And he says, that would be best. And she leaves. And he props his brass foot on the desk. He, he takes a key out of his pocket, kind of kind of a um, kind of like an Allen wrench. Yeah. And he loosens different parts of it with steam. It opens up and he shows you his leg underneath this brass covering he's made. And he says, I've seen this. You've lived and this. <laughs> he points at his leg and, and you see this blackness has spread and it's jagged and moving up his leg or has moved up his leg like halfway to his calf. And he shakes his head and he says, I knew, I knew that for you to ask about a soul vessel, something severe must have happened. You sold something to Gond. Uh, Siggy is pale and extremely nervous. But I think after seeing what's happened to Nedrag's leg, she doesn't think there's another choice. And the the words of Gond are ringing in her ear that he's giving her the motivation to get the knowledge that she seeks, that she needs to be truthful. And she tells him that she sold her soul to get... I'm not sure if ultimate knowledge is too cliche or really what she was going for, but to get knowledge. He begins to close the leg back up and uses the Allen wrench to lock it back up. He says, um, I know the road you walk, but I don't know where it will take you. I can show you what I've learned, but I... When I learned how to stop this, and he gestures to his leg, I told him that I didn't need to know anything else. And Gond is a, a neutral man. He seeks knowledge by any and all means it it just seems that his means are always extreme and he uh gets up and he pulls a lever and a, a bookcase pops open and he opens it and behind it are Two books, two very large books, unmarked. And he brings one down, and he opens it up, and it's a journal. 
Professor Avilo begins to show you in this book the whole process he went through to save his leg. And he says, I lost most of the motor skills in my leg. And so I made this. I don't want that to happen to your hand, as important as it is in this field. Siggy is looking at her hand and looking at his leg and looking at the journal and looking at her hand and looking at his leg and looking at the journal. And she's kind of freaking out. She's looking at her hand and she's looking at his leg. <laughs> and she starts reading. <laughs> he he picks up the book and he guides you to the artificing artificing room. And he walks you through the process of, of how to make kind of a mechanized hand to, to cover yours. And it takes all night. And you, neither of you get any rest while doing this. But by the end of it, you have essentially a brass gauntlet just from the wrist up. Cool, cool, and cool. the downside to this is you are going to have disadvantage on sleight of hand checks. Okay, I already have low charisma anyway, so. <laughs> that, or low uh, dex. dex. Yeah, low dex. Yeah. The good news is you have fixed the the first, like you have knowledge now of of constructs and augmentations you like just building this with with nedrag you understand the workings of these things and you begin to realize how you can uh how you can use them on different parts of your body how you can use them on just different parts of other people you have gained knowledge well beyond what nedrag has taught you cool I think Siggy is, she's, she's seen that Nedrag is very smart. And I think she kind of pieces together that she's picked it up quicker than he did. Yeah. I, I mean, would that be a fair assumption? Yeah. And I, I think uh, Nedrag also sees that in you and, and he's impressed. Of course, Siggy in her private mind does not see this as the end. This is the beginning of finding the greater knowledge that she's seeking. And hearing that he told Gon that he was okay with stopping makes her respect him a little less. Wow. Because she she does not plan on stopping. All right. And again, that's 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 in her head. Yeah, she, yeah, that's she, all her thinking. Yeah, yeah. Out, outside, she's very grateful. I think she is very grateful to get this from Nedrag, but on the inside, the gaining of the knowledge is important, but I want I, I want her to push people to places they don't want to go. And like if if this is if she's gaining knowledge and she knows all this construct stuff, if somebody gets injured, she wants to repair them. She doesn't want to heal them. She wants to repair them. Okay. Okay. Jesus. 
Professor Nedreg looks at your hand. He says, I am so proud of what you've done in, in such little time. I look forward to our next class because I want to show you something that the school holds dear, and I, I think it could help you in your studies. Meet me in the vaults beneath the school for class tomorrow, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Siggy raises up her new augmented hand for a fist bump. He definitely, he does it back and, and you know, you're, you're still kind of getting the hang of like, this is no longer a, a meat hand. <laughs> so I, I think there's kind of a kink and he's like, oh, yeah, he, he just kind of playfully shakes his hand. He's watch that grip now. <laughs> Siggy, Siggy laughs and, and gives him a little hug. He, he pats you on the back and, and he says, would you like me to walk you back to your quarters? Siggy. Siggy does not want him to walk her back to his quarters because she wants to explore what her hand can do on her own a little bit. Okay. So I think she's not planning on getting into trouble, but she's definitely planning on pushing the limits a little bit. Yeah. So I, I would say she... She's going to thank him for, for the time more than anything. Yeah. Especially, you know, staying up all night to build something with her is very important. That's that's a very special thing that they did. But I think she wants to leave and kind of do the Iron Man thing with her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's got this new toy. She's got to go try it out. And she's going to do, you know. Yeah. You know, repulsor beams and stuff on the way back to her hoarders. I, I think you attempt to do that like you you keep trying to do cool shit with it unfortunately it's just like <laughs> a gauntlet that has kind of taken the place of your actual hand it it almost feels like you have made a mental connection with this mechanized cover and you're not actually using your hand anymore. It's more like the shell around your hand is using it. So we'll explore a little bit of that later. I like it. Uh, I like it. Yeah.